Hey, hi, it's me, Shay. I wanted to jump in real quick before the podcast gets started because I wanted to tell you something. This episode was actually the first episode of the series that we recorded. That being the case, I knew going in I was going to have a billion things running through my head while we were doing it. That's why I wanted to have Amanda and Juliet be the guests on it. They've done so many podcasts together and they're both smart and funny and insightful. So I figured if I got stuck on something or if I stumbled, I'd just lean on one of them to save whatever segment it was that we were in. And it mostly worked, just not entirely. There were still a couple of parts where I messed up. And normally what we do in these situations is I just go back and re-record those parts. But I didn't want to do that here, though. I wanted to keep the mess-ups in because, as I mentioned, it was the first episode. And I guess I just like the ceremony of the process. But So the way we're handling it is, whenever I'm about to screw something up, or after I've screwed something up, I'm going to jump back in the pod like I'm doing right now. You'll know what's happening because you're going to hear this music playing in the background. You can think on it like footnotes for the episode. When you hear that noise, it means we're breaking away from the conversation that I'm having with Juliet and Amanda so that I can talk directly to you about something. Anyway, that's what's going on. It's going to happen a few times during the episode, and I wanted to give you a heads up beforehand. All right, let's get started. This is Villains. Each episode, I'll be joined by two guests to take a look at a different type of villain. We're going to do a gangster movie villain, a horror movie villain, an animated movie villain. Today, we're doing a high school movie villain. Nay, we're doing the high school movie villain, which means we're talking about... An evil takes a human form in Regina George. I'll be fooled, because she may seem like your typical selfish, backstabbing, slut-faced hoe bag, but in reality, she is so much more than that. She's the queen bee, the star. Those other two are just her little workers. Regina George. How do I even begin to explain Regina George? Regina George is flawless. She has two Fendi purses and a silver Lexus. I hear her hair is insured for $10,000. I hear she does car commercials in Japan. Her favorite movie is Varsity Blues. One time she met John Stamos on a plane and he told her she was pretty. One time she punched me in the face. It was awesome. Regina George. Regina George. Yes. Mean Girls. I'm Shay Serrano. That's Julia Lippman. That's Amanda Dobbins. They never stop trying to make Fetch happen. Let's go. Let's start with the plot of the movie first. Mean Girls came out in 2004. It's written by Tina Fey, directed by Mark Waters. It stars Lindsay Lohan as Katie, a 16-year-old girl who uh, makes it all the way to her junior year of high school before she actually steps foot inside of a school in America. And when she finally does, it's to attend North Shore High School a perfectly pleasant academic institution, save for one thing. It's lorded over by a group of girls known as the Plastics. There are three members of the Plastics. There's the ditzy but extremely lovable Karen Smith. And Karen is where I had a place that she's the third-ranking member in the group. She exists almost above the fray. She doesn't really question anything or internalize anything. She's just there lip gloss and a gigantic set of eyeballs, a complimentary piece, really. She's just happy. Mm-hmm with her station. <laughs> second, there's Gretchen Wieners, the toaster strudel heiress and second in command. And of the three, Gretchen is, I don't think volatile is the right word. Emotionally fragile is what she is. She's on a high wire rope for the entirety of the movie because she understands the social implications of what would happen if she were kicked out of the plastics. I think it, we could say it. She's the smartest. 
Is she the smartest? Of the three? I don't think we can say that at all. I don't all. think we can either. Oh, I wow. Think, I think that she's the most devoted to the cause. Oh. That's she, fair to yeah. say. She's the Joan of Arc of the, of the plastic. <laughs> yes, exactly. If she were the smartest, she would be the leader. I feel like yes, the, I agree with Shay on this. Okay, good. Out two, of the three of them? You two to one. Wow. Sorry. Interesting. Yeah. I hope we can continue to parse this. Okay. Keep, carry we will. on. We're going we're gonna to get all the way into it. Um, but so Gretchen, her and Karen... If they were left to their own devices, they would be just like normal, sweet humans. They're fine. They're uh, not anything evil. You, mm, you don't think so? Gretchen is not nice. Gretchen is extremely nice. No, she's not. She is neurotic, mm-hmm. and she is, she is the most obsessed with the structure and the rules of anyone in the group, including the number one leader who I won't—I'm not going to spoil the reveal here. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's fair to say. Yeah. All right. Left to their own devices, they are sweet and nice humans. It's just that they serve an unholy lord, and that unholy lord is Regina George, leader of the plastics and an icon at North Shore High School. She's beautiful and rich, but she's also philosophically ugly and morally bankrupt. Mm-hmm. She is at once revered and reviled, an absolute and unquestioned legend, but also the darkest, most amoral kind of evil. Everything about her and her life looks perfect and seems perfect, but her insides are rotten. They've decayed. By the time we meet her, all that she cares about is protecting her crown, which she does by sledgehammering anyone who she thinks is a threat in the face. Time out. Two things here. Number one, I have no idea why I paused so long right there when I said the in the face part. Listen, I'm going <laughs> to... Okay, listen, I'm going to play it again so that you can hear just that one piece. It's, it's the dumbest thing. All that she cares about is protecting her crown, which she does by sledgehammering anyone who she thinks is a threat in the face. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking when I did that. Perhaps at the time I thought it was going to sound cool or dramatic if I stretched it out like that, but it does not sound like either one of those things. It just sounds stupid. That's my bad. That's my bad. Number two. That's the end of the segment there, but it should not have been the end of the segment. What I was supposed to have done is I was supposed to have gone over the entire plot of Mean Girls. I didn't, though. I got to Regina, and then I got starstruck, and everything just sort of fell apart after that. So very quickly, the rest of the plot of Mean Girls. Katie attends North Shore High School, as we mentioned. She infiltrates the plastics and becomes part of their crew. And at first, she's supposed to get in there and help Janice figure out a way to destroy them. Janice, by the way is a former friend of Regina's. They were friends in middle school. Regina ended up ruining her life, so Janice has hated them ever since then. She meets Katie. She talks Katie into joining the group to rip them apart from the insides. And Katie, after she meets Regina and Gretchen and Karen, she's like, you know what? They seem okay to me. I don't think I feel comfortable doing this. I don't want to do this anymore. Separate of that, though, Regina has found out that Katie has a crush on Aaron, who is Regina's ex-boyfriend. And so Regina gets back with Aaron just to fuck with Katie. And Katie sees this and she gets very mad and she decides, you know what, Janice, you were right. They're horrible. I'm going to help you destroy them. What ends up happening, though, is after she's all the way in the group, she realizes that she's drawn to the social power that comes along with being a part of them. So she's still working to dethrone Regina. But when she does, she inadvertently takes over as the new Regina because she's picked up all of her traits. And eventually everything gets worked out by the end of the movie. Regina starts playing the cross and becomes like a decent human. Katie goes back to her original group of friends. Karen becomes a weather person. Gretchen joins this new group of cool kids. But that's the plot of Mean Girls. All right, back to the podcast.
we'll get into Katie. We'll get into Regina George. Before we do that, though, I have four things I found out while I was either researching for this or watching the movie, and I'm going to tell them to you. And you tell me if you knew these already. Ahead oh, great! Of time. I love okay. trivia. Okay. Okay. Number one, Mean Girls is rated PG, but it originally was rated R. Time out. Mean Girls is not rated PG. Mean Girls is rated PG-13. You'll hear me correct myself in a moment, but right here I screwed up. Although I would very quickly like to point out, there are a bunch of movies that received PG ratings that should not have received PG ratings. For example, Jaws, which came out in 1975. Jaws has a PG rating. And there's a scene in it where a kid fucking gets eaten alive by a shark. He's just out in the water, kicking around on his little float, and then a shark bites him in half in front of his mother. His mom is on the beach running around screaming. She can't find her child. She can't find him because he's dead because a shark just fucking ate him alive. And that movie has the same rating as Kung Fu Panda. And I know they didn't come up with a PG-13 rating until 1984. But still, if you're choosing between PG and R, the first step on the movie ratings flowchart should be like, is there a scene in this movie where a child gets eaten alive by a shark? And if it's yes, you should automatically go to R rating. Anyway, what I'm saying is maybe it just wasn't my fault that I messed up here. Let's get back to the podcast. I'm shocked by the PG rating. Yes. They had two lines that they had to change in there to get it to be... PG-13. Do we know what those two lines are? No. Okay, the first one is when Katie is in the cafeteria and Jason, the worst person in the movie. Yes. Jason comes up and he asks her if her, if her muffin is buttered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Originally, that was, is your cherry popped? Oh. And they had to change that. That makes that scene way grosser. By yes. Yeah, definitely. It's like a much more, it's much more aggressive. I, yes, yeah. <laughs> I, I accept the change. <laughs> the second one uh, it was just like a real quick thing in the burn book when they say a girl had made out with a hot dog. Mm-hmm. And that is a much more like lurid thing that I don't want to oh, say what she did okay, but, with the hot dog. Because okay. there are two different stories there oh, that I, I found on the Internet. Yeah. Neither one of them are pleasant. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. You know, as I was rewatching the movie, mm-hmm. I was discussing with my friend, what is this movie rated? And I was like, it's probably R. And I'm shocked to find out it was PG-13. Mm-hmm. I was too. Second thing. Yes. Rachel McAdams plays... Regina George, George. yes. Uh, Amy Poehler plays her mother, and Lindsay Lohan plays Katie. Regina George and Katie are both in 11th grade. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. They're supposed to be the same age, but Regina George is actually closer in age in real life to Amy Poehler than she was to Lindsay Lohan. This was my first exposure to Rachel McAdams, as I think it was for many, Mm -hmm. and I remember being shocked that I think— they filmed it when she was, like, 25, and I think by the time it came out, she was 27, Mm -hmm. and I was just, like— that's the, at the time, that seemed so old to me. And I was like, I can't believe she's playing a, a teenager, a high school student. How wild. Could you tell that she was older? I had no idea. I had no idea. Yes. I, you I, could? I, I had no idea. And of course. I mean, she looks beautiful and ages, you know, just a number. No shots. But it is very clear that she is not a teenage student and that she is also, I think, Rachel McAdams is clearly older than Lindsay Lohan. I didn't even think about yeah. it. Yeah. I didn't like, yeah, but like when I was watching it. I but d- like it, the, the way they look in the movie, like you can just kind of tell. Which I is just fine. didn't even consider it though. I was like shocked. I was like, yeah. oh my God. Like yeah. it blew me away. I couldn't tell. A uh, third thing. And I missed this the first few times I saw Mean Girls, mostly because I wouldn't, I never like sat down and turned on Mean Girls. It was always like, oh, Mean mm-hmm. Girls is on. Let me watch it. So I never caught the beginning. But it starts out, there's a scene where Katie is walking to the school. Mm-hmm. And then she almost gets hit by the bus. Yes. And then this turns out it's foreshadowing for when Regina 
gets hit by the bus later on. Like she's turning into her, she's turned into her, whatever. Yeah. And then it ends with another, yeah, another, another group. Right. We need a fucking sign out there or something. Like maybe don't do 60. <laughs> this is a school zone. Yeah, that I ca- I caught that That's on my too rewatch many. too. They, why is the bus going that fast? I don't understand. Um, this one, I was really excited when I figured this part out. In the first cafeteria scene, and this is super nerdy. This is like the nerdiest thing I'm going to say for this podcast. I'm excited. In the cafeteria scene, the first time when Katie meets the plastics, Regina, Karen, and Gretchen are all eating the same thing. Uh-huh. And they're all drinking the same thing. It's a the sandwich. Perrier cans. With the Perrier with the white straw. Yeah. Then she sits down and they have their their that great scene. The second time we see them, this is after Katie is in the plastics and they sit down to eat. Regina... Gretchen and Karen are still all eating the same thing, but now Karen and Gretchen are drinking a Diet Coke, which is what Katie is drinking. Oh, and then the I last, didn't notice that. And then the last time we see them, Katie, Gretchen, and Karen are all eating the same thing and drinking the same thing, but Regina George is the, the odd person out there. Oh, interesting. Just changes. And that's right before that famous, like, you can't sit with us scene. Yeah. Like, that's when that happens. Regina, we have to talk to you. Is butter a carb? Yes. Gina, you're wearing sweatpants. It's Monday. So? So that's against the rules, and you can't sit with us. Whatever. Those rules aren't real. They were real that day I wore a vest, because that vest was disgusting. You can't sit with us! That was really sad. Yeah. We got there, I guess. Yeah, that was sad. <laughs> she just wanted some pants to fit. I'm wearing basketball shorts right now because my other shorts don't fit. <laughs> so I was like... So you were late. Sympathetic, yes, to that. Let's do the categories. This is the most obvious category, but also the most complicated one. And the question is simply just why. Why is Regina George scary? She's five foot four. She's maybe 120 pounds. She's an autocrat. She just runs everything. Mm-hmm. Why is she intimidating? Time out. This was not supposed to be a category. You hear me say the word category twice here. Every episode of Villains has six conversation categories that we get through. And we actually do all six of them later on here. It's just this wasn't supposed to be one of them. I wasn't supposed to use the word category here. I was just supposed to ask Juliet and Amanda why Regina George is scary, which I did and which they answered. But I just should not have called it a category. In all likelihood, you would not have noticed that this was a mistake had I not pointed it out right now. But I pointed it out right now. Anyway. We need to hear their answers, so let's get back to the podcast. I think because she's a good manipulator. She understands how to uh, manipulate her crew, um, kind of, until she doesn't. But she can, like plays mm-hmm. with their emotions, and she knows like the key moments that will get people riled up. So you know the like and then and the imposing of conformity is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Like many great dictators, I think. I think. The the emphasis on all doing the same thing is, like, how she derives her power. Yeah. I mean, the easy answer here is that she's a psychopath. Like, she's actually the clinical definition of a psychopath and that she doesn't care how other people feel. But I don't think that's interesting. I hate it when all movie villains don't have to answer for their crimes. Mm -hmm. So my actual answer, I think what Juliet said is right. She's a really good manipulator. She's also— she's. This sounds like a women's lib answer. I'm really sorry, but she's really confident. <laughs> Don't like, apologize for that. She, she's really confident. She is really, really sure of herself and her station and her control over people in a movie 
that is full of people who are like not confident mm-hmm. and things go really wrong when everyone else gives into their inner demons, demons and insecurities and everyone's feeding on each other. But she can just rise above because she is very, very sure of herself. Also, until the end, to your point, yeah, she's the only one who's like in a high school relationship or has like some kind of facility with boys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also really powerful in high school. Mm-hmm. Like that's like something other people aspire to. It's like it just it means it has a lot of currency. Right. In, in high school. Well, yeah, they list that on the you know, these are the things we have to take away from her to strip her. Yeah. Of her power. That was one of the things. Do you have a memory like the first time you watched Mean Girls, something attached to this feeling? Of her meanness? Of her meanness or just the movie in general? I think the the moment that's the most poignant for me is when Katie realizes that when Virginia first complimented her bracelet, it was, like, actually mocking her. Mm-hmm. She realizes it, like, in movie time, like, 30 minutes later. I feel like that's a, that's a really mean girl thing to do. But um, unbeknownst to Katie, she's, like, making fun of her, basically, in front of a, a group of other people who also know it's a bad bracelet. That first scene... It's like two minutes long when when Katie and Regina are talking, but yeah, I think we, they show all of the parts of Regina and like how how much uh, more clever she is, how how much smarter she is than everybody else when she's mm-hmm. doing all of these little things. She makes sure to protect Katie from Jason to like uh, you're automatically indebted to me now. Have a seat. We're gonna talk. And uh, she's like figuring out is this girl going to be a threat to me because she looks at her and she's oh you're you know this is an attractive young lady. Could she possibly challenge for the throne? Let me size her up real quick. She's very sweet to her. She gives her that, why don't I know you? Mm-hmm. And it's like the nicest thing that happens in the movie. And then what are the other things that happen? When Gretchen tries to jump in and talk, she shuts her down immediately. She sets a trap for Katie with the, oh, you're, you're very pretty. Like, you know, you're pretty, right? So you've actually never been to a real school before? Shut up. Shut up. I didn't say anything. Homeschooled. That's really interesting. Thanks. You're, like, really pretty. Thank you. So you agree? What? You think you're really pretty? Oh, I don't know. When I watch it now, I think there's no person in my life that she reminds me of. I don't know. I didn't experience that person in high school. I was not at that level. Oh, you got one. Well, I was just going to—I was going to say the reverse, which is my memory of this. I was, I think, early in college when this came out. Mm -hmm. And— I don't have a specific memory. The burn book stays with me because it was right around the time when, like, you know, when you went to college, like, when there was still paper and they gave you the freshman, like, Facebook. Facebook, Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before there was literal Facebook. Right. And, well, I guess this was literal Facebook and everyone was judged by their pictures. And I remember kind of looking at the burn book and thinking, oh, God, people probably did this. But what I was going to say is that it came out right when I was far enough away from high school to actually start understanding the dynamics of high school Mm -hmm. and being like, oh, so that was the mean girl in my high school and these people did this and these people did this. And I feel like I knew a ton of them. I went to a really big high school, so it's a little bit different. Like the the social hierarchies when you have 600 kids in your class are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. But there was a group of of girls who named themselves the A-Squad. The A squad. The A squad. That's a yeah. horrible name. <laughs> they they like called themselves the A squad, and then other people called them the A squad. What does the A stand for? Like top level, like oh, just a, the letter A. A team versus B team. Like were they, they were A squad. I was not. Was this a was this a party crew? 
perchance? Yes, they were a party crew. Because we had that at our school, mm-hmm. too. And I remember there was a group of guys that were calling themselves the Wolf Pack. Oh, my God. And Amazing. Like, These guys are the worst guys. <laughs> High school is so horrible. <laughs> oh, my God. What a treacherous time. The A-Squad. Yeah, Shout it was. the A-Squad. It was tough. I didn't see this until—this was maybe, like, a few years ago, a handful of years ago. It was the first time I watched it. It was one of the movies that's just on TNT or TBS right, or yeah. something. One afternoon, I was flipping through. I saw it was the the scene when they're at the mall, uh-huh. and they do the the at the water fountain when they mm-hmm. all turn into animals. And I was mm-hmm. like, "What the hell is going on?" Great scene. The Missy Elliott music used intermittently is also so good. Missy Elliott's the best. She really is. Love love Missy. Love that musical drop. As well. <laughs> yeah, 2004. What a time. Great this is time. a very 2004 movie. <laughs> Let's get into the next category. This is called worst behavior. We're going to figure out what the most villainous thing that Regina George does in mm-hmm. the movie. And we've got five five options for you. Feel free to write one in if you want. Number one, she sneak attacks Katie with Gretchen on three-way. Mm. This is after mm-hmm. Katie has told Gretchen that she has a crush on Aaron Samuels. They go through that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And then Gretchen swears she's not going to tell anybody. Then she tells Regina and then she sets her up. Number one. Number two, she stops Gretchen from saying fetch. Mm. You love him, and he totally complimented you. That is so fetch. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. This one hurt my feelings a little bit. I really liked Gretchen. I wanted Gretchen to do well. That's so interesting. I want to talk more about that. This plus the she didn't let her wear hoop earrings. Like She's mean to Gretchen, that's for sure. The only thing about the fetch line, Mm -hmm. it's iconic. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. Like It's just so good. I would argue it was worth it. For the line. That's, okay. I'm pro-Gretchen, so I'm going to say it's not worth it. <laughs> Number three, the third option, when she pretends to be Planned Parenthood, when she calls Taylor's yeah. mom. Mm. Yeah. That was really mean. That's that's a really evil one. Hello. Hello. May I please speak to Taylor Waddell? She's not home yet. Who's calling? Oh, this is Susan from Planned Parenthood. I have her test results. If you could have her give me a call as soon as she can. It's urgent. Thank you. She's not going out with anyone. Regina has like several instances in this movie when she stands up for her team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is this is one of them there. I mentioned this. I was talking with uh, my wife, Laramie, about this movie. I asked her to watch it so we could talk about this. And when the movie was over, she said that this same thing happened to her. <gasps> Not that somebody called her house. She said she Regina Georged herself <gasps> because she was 19. She had gone to Planned Parenthood. She got a receipt for a test and birth control pills, and she had it in her closet. Oh, and then no. her mom found oh, it. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! It was like she. I bet that's a common tale across mm-hmm. America. I, well, I would hope not, but. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, being a young woman taking your medical care into your own hands, mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of people. Similar that part, story. Yeah, 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 that yeah. part. <laughs> okay. Uh, number four, she made Gretchen change places mm. in the dance right before they go out on stage. Yeah. The reason she tells her we're going to trade places is she says, "Well, Katie's." Katie's taller, the yeah. tall people in the middle. But you knew that she was taller ahead of time. You should have told her okay, right. beforehand, yeah. I feel like. This, to me, when I'm watching this scene today, reminds me of in Whiplash when Fletcher, at mm-hmm. the very end, he goes up and he changes the song yeah. with mm-hmm. Andrew, and he's like, good fucking luck. And then he just embarrasses him. Like, this was the first version of that. 
I feel like they just ripped that off. I think you're yeah. the from Mean Girls. only person outside of Damien Chazelle that refers to those characters by their names and not by the actors who play them. That's oh, sorry. An, that's amazing. What I, do you? I, I just love it. I was also thinking, is this the first Mean Girls whiplash like uh, <laughs> critical theory together ever made? It's great. It's keep going. It's definitely yeah. true. Tales of Obsession. And then the obvious one is she makes it look like Katie was the one who was responsible for the burn book. Right. Yeah. Which of these is the most villainous for you, Juliet? Oh, you want to go first? Well, I just wanted to add a write-in. Oh, you got one. Well, okay. it's like adjusting it. All right. But I th- releasing the burn book. Just the act oh, of releasing all well, the, the pages. act of making the burn book public. Okay. I'm counting wanna, all of that as the that, same does thing. Does that count? Yeah, okay. yeah. That's all, right. all the okay. same thing. The, all right. the affair of the burn book. Yeah. I think of those. The Planned Parenthood one is objectively the cruelest with, mm-hmm. the, with the most repercussion. I would say emotionally, as putting myself in Katie Heron's shoes or really anyone's shoes, her parading of Aaron Samuels around and like making out with him in front of Katie as much as possible probably would have hurt me the most as a mm-hmm. high school student. That would have that would have been really upsetting. That's what that's what set everything off for Katie because prior to that moment she was like, I don't know if I want to do this anymore. Yeah. And then they, she saw them kiss. I really think the only defensible thing in this whole movie that Regina George does is be upset that someone's trying to date her ex-boyfriend. Yeah, for sure. I think that's like the only—so she has a—I mean, it would hurt Katie. I think Juliet's making a good point that that would be very hurtful. But also, it's the only thing that she has any sort of reasonable— I don't want to say claim. Sure. And I don't want to invoke girl code because, you know, you got to work things. There's no code. Work things out amongst yourselves. But I understand having an emotional attachment to your ex-boyfriend. My biggest fights in high school were over boys. Yeah. Let me throw a theory out at you and let me see how you feel about this. You tell me if this is wrong or right. When the first time Katie goes to Regina's house Mm -hmm. and they walk in and Karen finds the burn book. (gasps) Oh, my God. I remember this. I haven't looked at that in forever. Here, check it out, Katie. It's our burn book. So we cut out girls' pictures from the yearbook, and then we wrote comments. Trang Pack is a grotsky little biatch. Still true. Don Schweitzer is a fat virgin. Still half true. <laughs> Amber D'Alessio, she made out with a hot dog. Janice Ian Dyke. Who is that? I think that's that kid Damien. Yeah, he's almost too gay to function. <laughs> that's funny. Put that in there. <laughs> Oh, no. Maybe that was only okay when Janice said it. Does she know right there? Is she collecting leverage? Is she setting up Katie for the eventual overthrow? Like, is is she plotting this ahead of time? I think it's more how she takes credit for everything. Mm -hmm. Like, she wants all the wins for herself. Mm -hmm. And so she's like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to incorporate it into, like, my Regina George doctrine or, like, my my persona. So I think it's— I think it's more her, like, kind of accumulating knowledge and data, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. to be, like, the er mean girl. Okay. I just I just thought it was good editing. I mean, <laughs> like, honestly, it's just like, that is funny. Put it in. And, I I mean, it, the rest of that burn book, it, it's accurate because it's, like, teenagers. But all the insults are not particularly imaginative. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're not very good. They're kind so of, I like, just thought it was Yeah, they're just kind of—and oh, it's the same words. I mean, it's just not a very, like, well-written burn book. So I just thought that she was like seizing on someone else's ability to do something and taking credit for it, as Juliet said. I think that particular instance of the burn book, either way that you want to look at it, this is this is how we know that Regina George is like a brilliant villain, Mm -hmm. because either a she knew what she was doing and she was setting it up and she her and Karen beforehand had the conversation. When we walk in the room, pull the burn book out. 
and then flip through the pages, get to the page with Damien and Janice, because I saw her hanging out with Damien and Janice. Because they explained right before then that Gretchen knows everything about everybody. And then they get to that mm-hmm. page, that, that one picture, and they're like, oh, who's this? Who's oh, this person? Like setting the bait. Right. Right. Yeah. So I think we're either going to go that route. And in, in that case, Regina then George she's diabolical. is yeah. a diabolical genius. Or <laughs> if it's not that, then the other angle is when she decides— when she finds out that Katie has been like plotting against her, yes. she's been giving her the, the Cal team bars and she goes to the house and she's very upset. She she decides right then in that moment as her response, she's going to frame Katie for the burn book, which is brilliant on your feet thinking or brilliant long term thinking. Either way, Regina George, the burn book is my favorite part of the movie just because of that one theory. You know, let me dig in a little yeah, bit. I, yeah, that's compelling. I hadn't even thought about that. Mm-hmm. But I think that to be so motivated by rage to think of such a great plot. If it's latter where she was just like on her feet, on her feet thinking what potent rage that is. Yeah. That, I had forgotten the reveal in I love when they're putting the, the book together and she's cutting the picture of her and Katie and you're expecting, and you know, she writes the whole thing and you expect it to be the picture of Katie. And then it's the picture of Regina. And, and I was like, back. what a genius. It it's very smart. It's so great to watch. Yeah. Even now you watch and you're like, Hand over the mouth. I also think in the scene where the burn book comes to light and then they're in the gymnasium and Rachel McAdams is wearing the off the shoulder black mm-hmm. shirt, the kind of simple mm-hmm. flares, the white flats. She has a showy bag with her. And the braid. The braid and the bra straps really noticeably. Very 2004 high school. I thought she looked so powerful in that moment, like more than she had since the very beginning of the meeting, that it was like a real like Rise of the Phoenix kind of moment. She also looks 30. Like, no offense. <laughs> Rachel McAdams is beautiful and so are 30 year old women, but that's when she just looks, that's when she goes from teenager to like casual mom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I'm not going to say casual monster because casual monster Both as well. Casual mom monster. Anyway. Next category is called Maybe She Had a Point. Is there an argument you can make that justifies Regina's amorality in the movie? The whole amorality all or just the... All of it. Yes, I all can make it. one. Okay. Go for but it. But it doesn't have anything to do with Aaron Samuels. Okay. It doesn't um, have to. Though I, do, I, I was just going to say, I, that's the only thing that is defensible and is ground... Not defensible, but is grounded in emotional behavior that the rest of right. us could access. My defense of Regina George would be that... Regina is not the villain. The villain is within ourselves. Okay. Wow. I, thought, I thought we were going wow. a different way. Amanda wow. is a self-help we Wow. But I, I mean, I th- Shay, I think it's so fascinating that you love Gretchen because I actually think Gretchen might be worse than Regina. Mm-hmm. And and kind of at the end of the movie, she's the only one that j- she joins another clique. She joins the Because what she needs is the order. She needs the rules. She mm-hmm. needs to tell other people that they're down and they're not following her system. She also probably needs to be kept held down like she probably yes. like is so insecure yeah. it plays into like her complex of insecurity yeah when i look at gretchen i just i, I just see a person who wants a place right and that touches me but that's i mean but that's kind of <laughs> the whole place. movie and that's katie wants a place too and then she gets caught up in it and becomes a part of it and then we learn that wanting a place is not all it's cracked up to be you gotta be comfortable with yourself see I think Katie also hasn't experienced a crush in a very long time. I mean, sure, sure. <laughs> and that really drives her. Seriously, though. No, I think it's true. Like, I think that she is corrupted both by the power of being in the plastics mm-hmm. 
and also like just lust for yeah, the hot guy in her math class. I think that's hot, true. Dumb, hot dumb guy. Important to note. <laughs> but those are both things that are that those are Katie things, yeah. not anything that Regina has done to her. Now mm-hmm. Regina is a psychopath. Let's not you know let's not get around that. Regina but, is meaner to other people than she is to Katie. Like she's really mean to Janice. Yeah. But oh, because she knows Katie's a threat is is why. She's playing that game yeah. right. with her the whole time. She's but identified her, a foe. But so much of her power is power that other people give to her. So yeah. much of it. Because everyone's like, oh, I want this. I want that. If mm-hmm. I can only be like that, et cetera. That's not a defense of her. You asked me if there was any defense of her. Okay. That's not a defense of her, but she's not the only problem here. How about that? Okay, okay. let me throw two things at you. Please two do. Things. Number one, I think the point of Regina's villainy is she just wants dominance. She wants to. She wants the crown. She wants to be the queen. She wants mm-hmm. to be the standard. And if we look at the the movie in general, like in the end, she was she was justified because the whole movie is her pitted against Katie, and it turned out that that was exactly what was happening. Katie was the threat. Katie was trying to to undo her. And you mentioned a second ago. Regina wasn't the villain. The villain was within ourselves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take that and I'm gonna twist it the <laughs> yeah, other way. Ahead. Yeah. Can we make the argument that Katie was the villain? Absolutely. Yeah. In this movie, because of course she, when she joined the Plastics, they were very clear and very upfront. These are the rules. Yeah. You, you have to wear pink on Wednesdays. You can only wear your hair in a ponytail at this time. Blah 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 blah. But one of the rules was very explicitly stated: you can't date this guy. This was her. This is Regina George's ex-boyfriend. He's mm-hmm. off the table. Like mm-hmm. if you're going to be in the group, you have to understand mm-hmm. that, and that was the that was what ended up as Julia mentioned, what ended up setting Katie off because Katie wasn't going to attack her until yeah. she saw Regina kissing Aaron at the at the thing. I think that there's a strong case to be made here that Katie's the true villain. That Katie is the true villain. She also caused the most actual harm. Yes, Regina. Who has she harmed? Emotionally, she harmed many people, and she's just kind of casually cruel to everyone. Yeah, doesn't care, and is just a bad person. Yeah, she's. I was gonna say she's yeah. a bad person, but like the person who has goes through a whole like heart of darkness turn is mm-hmm. definitely yeah, Katie. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. There's no change with Regina George yeah. until the very very end. Can we just talk for a second? Is please don't date. My ex-boyfriend, a reasonable request. 100% yes. I would agree as well. I mean, I get it. Affairs of the heart are quite uh, (laughs) contentious and, you know, are the subject of all our movies and shows and songs. But it's, it's, you could at least expect a conversation. I think at least expect a conversation for someone to feel a way about it. Because uh, so much of your young friendships are built around, let me tell you about I went yeah. on a date or let yeah. me tell you I have a crush on uh-huh. this person. And all of a sudden that's all getting mushed together. It's just unfair. That's unfair to Regina George. Next category, the Jason Statham School for Rehabilitation. Mm. Okay. Okay. Have you seen the Fast and the Furious movies? We've yes. seen all of them, right? Yeah. In Furious 7. I have not. Let me, let, I'll run through it real quick. But in Furious 7, Jason Statham is the villain. He's the older brother of the villain from the movie prior. And it starts out with him killing one of the members of Dominic's crew. He kills Han. And then he spends the whole rest of the movie trying to kill everybody else. Okay. He sends a bomb to Brian's house. Brian and Mia, they're married. They have a child. He sends a gigantic bomb. Furious 7, he's a horrible, horrible person. And Furious 8, he's back. And by the end of the movie, he's not only a part of the group. We're just going to ignore he killed Han and tried to murder this child. But he's like a beloved member. He mm-hmm. gets invited to a rooftop cookout, and they're all chummy, chummy. That's what we're calling this category the Jason Statham Got School it. for Thank you. That was a yeah. very deft primer. Thank you. And then You're he does welcome. an action scene while taking care of a baby, cool. and it's great. Seek it out. I think the movie begins to answer this question for us already, but 
can Regina George be rehabilitated, like truly rehabilitated? Not just senior year when you're in the yeah. cross. I think no is my answer. Do so you think she falls back to it? Yes, I do. I think that her mothers are also a really bad influence. Oh, she's so bad. We're going to talk about her mother in a minute. I think that, yeah, the Amy Poehler character is iconic. Just iconic a, scene stealer. Just so good. Stuff. <laughs> and like has has become more of like a paradigm than I think any of those characters. Like, oh, that's the that's the mean girl's cool mom, like trying mm-hmm. to be the mean mm-hmm. girl's cool mom. Um, and I think that she's a really bad influence, whereas Katie has better influences around her. And Regina George will just fall back into fighting for number one and imposing rigid rules when they suit her best. She needs to get hit by a bus every two years to like yeah. reset. So have a different yeah. like spinal injury every her once system. in a while. Yeah. I, that was one thing that I, I feel like they didn't talk enough about it in the movie. She gets hit by the bus. Mm-hmm. The bus is going, let's say, at least 40 miles an mm-hmm. hour. The school zone speed limit is 35 when there's no kids around. Let's say the bus is going 40. You get hit head on, and then like a week later, you're fine. You're just wearing a thing. She should have died. I know. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. If Jason, if Jason Street was paralyzed, she should be a quadriplegic. Oh, wow. true. Okay. Jason Street pool. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Next category. This is bonus footage. Is there a moment that we know for certain happened in the Mean Girl universe that we don't get to see that you would like to see? And I'll give you an example mm-hmm. to get us started. We know that Regina broke up with Aaron Samuels. Like, mm-hmm. I kind of want to see what a Regina George breakup looks like. Why do you think there's debate between Karen and Gretchen about about who broke up with whom? It's a small moment, mm-hmm. but Karen's like... I forget who says it. One says, you know, he broke up with her last summer. And then the other says, no, she broke up with him. That's okay. Karen, Karen says that. Yeah. I thought she broke up with him for Shane Ullman. Does she purposely give misinformation to Gretchen to like control her and paint a different picture of mm-hmm. herself in Gretchen's mind? Because mm. like, why would Karen know that? But Gretchen doesn't, you right. know, like that should be like part of the the plastics primer. Like this is the info. Regina was dumped or Regina jumped him or whatever. Another moment I would have liked to have seen. I want to hear Janice's side of the story. When we talk about seventh grade party, the seventh grade party, we should also at least mention like Regina is very clearly homophobic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is not a good thing at all. But I would like to hear Janice's side of the story here. What happened here? Regina left some parts out. There's something missing. Here. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I would have liked a flashback scene there. Yeah. Or something. I'm kind of also curious about um, Regina's like like her Rocky montage of like get, getting back into fighting shape to get ready for the for the spring fling. Yeah. Okay. I would have liked that. Yeah. Okay. Like re, more of like Regina's recovery. <laughs> I want to see day-to-day Regina stuff. Mm-hmm. I want to know, and it's hard to do without Katie there, but you, I mean, because you can't really do this in flashback, but I just kind of want to know like what the status quo Regina reigning is like. Is she the type of person who's like does a lot of activities and is on the... You know, is she like a what's her college application? Yeah, what's her college Mm -hmm. application? Is she getting great grades? Is she just really pretty? And it's only boy status based, which kind of seems like it is. But they don't really talk about. I guess they talk about Katie's grades, but otherwise there aren't really. There are just nerds. There are no goody goodies, which I was curious about. Right. Uh, I just kind of want to know what type of queen bee she is yeah. what's it look like when mm-hmm. she's reigning we only get her on the downfall it's true and also because it's completely through katie's lens like what are the like what are her insecurities that you know you can like glean them from mm-hmm. the character mm-hmm. but like what is she what is she more outwardly insecure about the scene where they're standing in front of the mirror and they're all like oh i hate this i hate that mm-hmm. 
is like so great because it's like a learned behavior to be critical of yourself. Mm-hmm. But it then sort of gets in the way of knowing what they're actually like self-conscious about physically. Yeah. Which I would have been interested in. How do we feel about Lindsay Lohan's performances, Katie? Time out. This is a new category right here, which means what I was supposed to have done is I was supposed to have given the title of it and then also a quick explanation for it. The title of it is Overmatched, Undermatched, or Fair Fight. And the quick explanation is this is the part of the podcast where we talk about whether or not the person playing the protagonist did as good of a job as the person playing the villain. I didn't give any of that information, though. I just went straight into it. And it's it reminds me of when you call someone on the phone and they answer every once in a while, a person will answer and they won't say hello. They'll just start talking. And when they do, you're like, fucking relax for a second, guys. Say hello. That's the mistake I made right here. What I'm going to do now, since you now know what the title is and you now know what the explanation is, I'm just going to restart it from the beginning and it'll all sound fine. So that's what we're going to do. Thanks. Back to the podcast. How do we feel about Lindsay Lohan's performances, Katie? Rachel McAdams as Regina George is like pitch perfect. There's yes. not one single thing that you can change to make it better that she could have done or said. She's she's throwing fastballs the whole the whole movie, as Bill Simmons likes to say. Yes. Was Lindsay Lohan able to keep up with her? I think she's pretty good, except the speech at the spring fling and like her like being contrite, I think is bad. Mm-hmm. But I think that she start. I think she starts out really strong. It gets not as good by the end. But I yeah. think in general, the performances in this movie are quite good. This was the first movie I saw Lindsay Lohan in. I didn't see Freaky Friday until after right. this one. Because I watched this one and I was like, I this is she's hilarious. Let me watch more of the stuff that she's that she's been in. I really, really liked her performance here. She has a couple of little tiny things that she does that I think is reserved for like very good actors or actresses, like when they're sitting down at the table that first time and Regina George tells her to shut up and mm. then she says, shut up again. She's like, I didn't, I didn't say, I didn't say anything. anything. Like the way she says that. Yeah. It's just so packed with, with meaning. She's really good at being startled and the confused and kind of the vessel through which we learn the world. She, she is very good at the fish out of water mm-hmm. part of it. I, it is funny. She auditioned. She really wanted to be Regina George. Lindsay Lohan did. Okay. And I don't think that she could have, she can't pull off Mean Girl as well as Rachel McAdams no. did. Yeah. It's like, it's thank God that they cast it the way it did because some of her uber plastic stuff. And again, I think this performance, it's good because she's not quite selling it as well and she's not supposed to be, right? right. You know, the point of this is that it's not who she is and she's not comfortable. But yeah, man, she's no she's no Rachel McAdams in that department. Definitely not. Lindsay Lohan, as she becomes more plastic and has the worst haircut, is so distracting. <laughs> the plastic hair they give Lindsay Lohan is so hideous. I, if I had a daughter God, in high school, French. I would just be like, I would just be like, the no, you're getting a haircut right now. And she has <laughs> such beautiful hair. Beautiful. And then it's just these weird little bangs. It's also the foundation shade that they're picking for her does not work. Which as the yeah, it looks bad, which I yeah. think makes the character. Of course. Yeah, it's Oof. it's so rough. I had God. so many of those clothes and certainly looked much worse in them. <laughs> and she already looks bad. The ruffle skirts, man. Oh I my can't God. believe we did that moment. That the, was I had flashbacks. The proliferation <laughs> of like spandexy jersey clothes, <sighs> skirts, shirts, so bad. Also the layering that she did, which she actually looks like pretty good. And I think yeah. I did that my entire freshman year of college, like two like a, a t-shirt 
on top of a very long <laughs> tank top. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I don't know. It was the, the fashion is spot on and so bad. 2004 was, a, as Amanda said, a rough year for, for women's fashion. Really tough. Very bad. Last category. This one's called mistakes. Time out. This category is not called mistakes. It's called regrets. And I don't think I need to point out the irony in me screwing up this specific category. Back to the podcast. Who makes the biggest mistake when dealing with Regina George? And I've got some options for you. Okay. Mistake number one, Gretchen Wieners for vowing allegiance to her. Mm-hmm. Big mistake. It's, uh, mm-hmm. You're really going hard on this yeah. podcast, Amanda. Yeah. If I'd have known you were so anti-Gretchen, I would not have invited okay. you. Okay, well. I would have, I would have asked somebody else. That sounds like a Regina George move to me. <laughs> Uh, mistake number two, Principal Duvall for not mm. sniffing out that Regina George was the one who made the burn book. He should have figured mm-hmm. that out. I mean, in general, his administration policies leave something to be desired. Yeah, he's really he's not that great. Mistake number three, Janice for sending Katie to infiltrate the plastics. Hmm. This I thought was a big one. Mm-hmm. Janice gets painted as this great, great friend. Yeah. You know, as when Katie walks in the class the first time, they're like, oh, don't sit right here because this guy farts. You can't sit there because this is where his boyfriend sits, whatever. She gives her the map that she clearly spends a lot of mm-hmm. time on. But when we just look at outside of that, like she does a bunch of not great things. Sending Katie to join the Plastics, who she views as like the most dangerous mm-hmm. group in the school. Katie could have gotten killed. And if not literally, she could have mm-hmm. socially mm-hmm. been killed for the rest of her high school days. But she was just... As manipulative as yeah, Regina she, George was. She's like among the worst people in this movie, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. think. She's like um, also a manipulator, vindictive, and plays into the stereotypes as much as anyone else. Who are the good people in this movie? Miss Norberry. Tina Fey wrote herself as a good person. Yeah. Aaron Samuel's also a good guy. Well, is he? He's Karen. just he's dummy. Not really. He's, he's just, just a dummy. Like, he's enabling bad behavior and then pretending to be confused. I don't really think he's taking a stand when it matters. Karen, Karen was a good Karen's person. Karen's a good person, yeah. How dare you imply otherwise? The ESPN line is just so it's funny. It's so good. It's I've still used, really yeah. good. When I was rewatching this movie and I'm seeing all the different scenes play out and I keep flashing to other movies that I feel like, oh, you just ripped this off mm-hmm. from here. That's the same way I felt when I watched it and I saw Janice send Katie to infiltrate the plastics. I felt like the scene in The Departed mm. when Mark Wahlberg oh, yeah. and Martin Sheen are like, oh, you're fresh out of the academy. Go join the Costellos. Good luck. Don't die. Like mm-hmm. they ripped it off from there. It's true. Mean Girls. Iconic. Mistake number four, Katie for sending Regina to go talk to Aaron Samuels for her. Mm. She was warned Mm. multiple times by Janice, don't Mm -hmm. do this. She still did it. I think that's the biggest mistake. Is that what it is? I think that's just really dumb. Well, yeah, that's a that's a big mistake to make because it sets the rest of the movie. And also it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of Regina. Mm -hmm. Like it's true. It's just, of course, she's not gonna support you in talking to her ex. Mistake number five. Poor Taylor for meeting up with Jason at the mall. Mm. Do you, yeah. Does the rest of the school know if you've been touched by the plastics, like you don't touch the boy anymore? I don't know. That's a good Probably question. Probably not. She seems a bit younger also, so she has no idea what's going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's also just don't hang out with that guy. It, no matter what, plastics or really no plastics, terrible. that's a terrible guy. Don't, don't hang out with him. And the last option, 
Mrs. George for raising Regina the way that she raised <laughs> her. I would argue she doesn't consider herself to have made any mistakes. I bet she's like pleased as punch, except for the bus situation. But I just <laughs> right, yeah. But I just except feel except like, for the bus situation. <laughs> but I just feel like Amy Poehler's character is probably very pleased. That could have been another one we added to the yeah. bonus footage. How does she? Except Respond, that, yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. she's right there watching yeah. it. Does she just like, oh, is your face okay? Yeah. Oh what is she doing <laughs> yeah. in the situation? What's the biggest mistake that somebody makes when dealing with Regina George? If you don't have any. I've already voted. It's sending, got, it's sending, him, yours. sending him. Oh, sorry. Her, sending I, her to deal with Aaron Samuels. I keep forgetting we're on a yeah. podcast because I was looking at Amanda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I forgot to say Amanda. Uh, it's Gretchen. Gretchen gives her her power. God damn it. I, well, she does. Without Gretchen, she has no army. She has no source of power. She can't enforce anything. She's mm-hmm. just like your average high school terror, just like anybody else. So it's Gretchen. Gretchen sets all of these events into motion. It's always the number two. It's always the henchmen. The consigliere. In history and in Mean Girls, it's always the consigliere who you got to blame. Yeah, I'm sorry. The more, I mean, the more you're saying it, the more it makes sense. Yeah. But I'm not going to agree with that. Okay, ever. that's fine. What's, What's your, your pick? pick? Jinx. Uh, I think it's the sending sending uh, Regina to talk to Aaron. Yeah, it's a rookie mistake. Yeah. I mean, she is a rookie when it comes to social interaction, but come on. I thought you were smart, Katie Heron. Yeah. Just good at math, I suppose. You've been listening to Villains. I'm Shay Serrano. Amanda Dobbins and Juliet Lipman were my guests today. Read them on TheRinger.com and listen to them on Jam Session on The Ringer Podcast Network. Villains is a production of The Ringer. It's executive produced by Juliet Lipman. Kara Hart is our producer and Bobby Wagner is our researcher and engineer. Thank you to Rod Hamilton and Tiffany Seal for the background music we played during the footnotes. And thank you to Daniel Birch for our theme music. Next week, The Supervillain.